I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you want to ensure business continuity, maximize your business potential, cater to your customers' needs and concerns, and boost your digital presence? Staying on top of everything doesn't come easy. That's why I want to introduce you guys to Vessel PH to help boost your business's digital presence and make it relevant to your customers' ever-evolving needs. Vessel PH has built-in tools and features that make online selling a breeze. Customize your online store to make it stand out in the crowded digital space. Integrate your existing digital store to other systems or onboard your e-commerce website to Gcash's marketplace, GLife, all with the help of experts. Vessel PH also provides account managers to assist and guide you with your needs and affordable SaaS for cost savings and customization. All your e-commerce needs are now in one place. Your business deserves this kind of freedom. Let Vessel PH help you. Check them out at vessel.ph or click the link in my description. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. big things that, that I see at least is um, is actually owning digital assets right uh, and, and NFT is just the beginning of that and, and, and sort of like I think one of the key things that uh, that you know that I look at personally is that spend the time to read about things like I think there's there's an amazing amount of public information that's available right now there are people like if if there's someone that you kind of follow and respect as a business leader whether it's in the Philippines whether it's on a global basis you know these people generally put out pretty good content right whether it's on Twitter uh, or, or it's on other types of social media and I think we hope to sort of bring out some of that content um, through coins down the road as well but at least sort of like I think that's a good place to start real world experience plus meta world uh, experience uh, that didn't really exist before right and I think and I think that's something that I really think is the next big thing gonna become like a great way for you to collaborate with them and build things together and good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you are watching from all over the Philippines and from all over the world. My name is RJ Ledesma and welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. In my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets and can we replicate those success secrets? How have they innovated or pivoted their businesses during this pandemic? But more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this now normal? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on my podcast? Please do let me know. Just drop me a message. I would love to have them here on the show and to learn from them. 
We are also live on Kumu, CBRC TV, Grupo Pinas TV, and the Bounce Back Network. If you've been enjoying my podcast and you are learning a lot from it, please subscribe and invite more friends to listen to the RJ Ledesma podcast. And you can also catch us on YouTube. And before we start off with the podcast, here's a quick shout out to our friends from Vessel. Vessel PH can help you future-proof your business by boosting your digital presence and making sure that you can attract more customers and, of course, more sales. If you want to know more about them, please click on the link in my description. Tonight, we've got the brand spanking new CEO of Coins.ph, the country's leading crypto and mobile wallet. Tonight, we have Mr. Wei Zhao. He formerly served as the Chief Financial Officer of Binance, Xiaoping.com, and Charm Communications. He also orchestrated the landmark acquisition of Grindr, where he served as Vice Chairman. Wei began his career at Goldman Sachs in Hong Kong and has 15 years of experience under his belt. He graduated from Harvard University with a bachelor's degree in economics and East Asian studies. So please welcome to the show. We've got Wei. Wei, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, hey, RJ. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, heard a lot of good things about your show. And then, yeah, really excited to, uh, to talk, to, to have a chat with you. And thanks so much for joining me all the way from your vacation in Bali. I really appreciate it. I I know how the feeling is. You're there physically there, but you've got to go. You got to go live. We got to do work over there. So I uh, thanks so much for, for never being stops. Here for the show. Yeah, crypto never sleeps, buddy. Right, uh, never stops. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And this is the interesting thing, guys. Before we started with this conversation, uh, we were talking a bit offline, and this is the interesting thing. Um, way, uh, you know, way migrated to the states when he was about ten and a half. And, you know, usually you, you would think that he grew up in, in maybe somewhere in Boston because he went to Harvard or maybe somewhere in the East Coast. But interestingly enough, he grew up in, in the Deep South in, in, the, in the States. Tell us a bit more about that. That must be yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah. So when, when I was uh, when I was like 10 and a half, my, uh, my dad was doing a postdoctoral fellowship at University of Alabama at Birmingham. So he moved to the U.S. and, and uh, went out a little bit earlier, but then about a year and a half, my mom and I joined him. Uh, so the first place I, uh, I lived outside of China and then where, where I sort of grew up, did the middle school and high school was in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So, uh, so I'm like, uh, I'm like a redneck <laughs> in that part of the world. <laughs> uh, a Chinese redneck guy. I mean, that's interesting. If you don't mind me sharing, what's the, what was the initial sort of culture shock that you got? And what's that, what sort of insight that you have growing up with both having that Chinese culture and that deep South culture um, as part of your roots? Yeah, I think like growing up, I felt like I was uh, pretty much uprooted from uh, from because I left uh, you know in, in elementary school, so I finished fifth grade uh, you know in, uh, in in China, and I did fifth grade again in the U.S. So I felt like uh, kind of like just sort of like my rep, like my everything just sort of started all over again. Like I didn't speak any English when I when I got to the U.S., so I pretty much had to sort of wow. just relearn everything from scratch. Uh, but one thing was like I was always good at math. So that, that kind of helped. <laughs> I was on the math team, you know, I was on the math team, you know, so, uh, so sort of, you know, I had this like, you're kinda like not, not your stereotypical, like sort of, you know, like, like Asian upbringing, <laughs> but pretty close, pretty close. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. And here's another interesting story about, about your own background. Yeah. Of course, you're the new CEO of coins.ph and, uh, you know, I, I've known the coins people ever since it was founded by, uh, by Ron Hose uh, yeah. many years ago. And it being and it being sold again, and now you guys coming in. Here's the interesting story for people who don't know. Let's have them catch up a bit. Um, uh, event, uh, Coins was actually sold to Gojek. Uh, Gojek uh, 
uh, of Indonesia because they were planning to come in with a ride-sharing platform here in the Philippines, but they weren't allowed. So sort of like Coins was just uh, sort of floating out there, right? And, and finally, uh, we've got you guys. Is that correct? Jeffrey Capital? Is that, Joffrey. Is that you guys? J-O-F-R-E. Joffrey. Joffrey Capital, yeah. Joffrey Capital. Joffrey Capital came in and said, wow, this is a good opportunity. Tell us a bit more about what happened over here. What has been, the, what has been your journey towards saying Coins is a good idea to come into the Philippines? Yeah, so so sort of like my crypto journey um, started in 2018. So um, I I was uh, I was sort of in the U.S. kind of like running Grinder uh, at that point, and then uh, I saw this opportunity with uh, with a company called Binance, which is very significant, I think, in the crypto and sort of in the financial industry today. But back then, I think it had just launched, and then I had no the co-founders from the time that I spent in China, uh, and then uh, I basically reached out and asked, you know, if they're looking for you know help with anything because I saw the business was growing. I was using the product. Um, indirectly, and then I uh, ha- had a really good uh, good experience with it. I was like, I basically had the same experience trading on on that, uh, uh, and then and then uh, I, I ended up sort of you know took just jumped into the deep end. So I had never owned any crypto before. I had never sort of, you know, uh, really traded, you know, like, uh, you know, crypto or anything like that before. Uh, and then I spent about three plus years at Binance where I basically helped the company in, in its growth um, over the last three years, um, you know, from a couple hundred people to a couple thousand, you know, coverage in a hundred plus countries, you know, and then servicing a bunch of people all over the world. Uh, and, uh, and and during that time, I basically ran investments and, and, and M&A at Binance. And then I looked at uh, pretty much all of these, uh, you know, crypto businesses businesses around the world. And then I think, you know, had coins on the radar at one point. And then um, after I left finance, uh, basically I found out uh, was I, I left last summer um, in August, uh, you know, uh, June, August, around that time, I uh, basically had uh, sort of found out that, um, you know, coins was uh, for sale. So, uh, so I basically uh, got in touch with uh, a couple, you know, bunch of people that I had new in the industry, sort of people who were in the deal making business, right? People who had, who had funds that wanted to do sort of, you know, larger take uh, privatizations or larger uh, M&A or, you know, just general buyout deals. And then one of them uh, were basically a couple of friends that I had known for a long time, sort of um, had been in the tech industry, you know, and investing globally uh, uh, based out of uh, China and the U.S. called uh, Joffrey Capital. And then, and this were basically, we kind of teamed up. Uh, me, uh, me uh, on my personal level and then them sort of at their fund level. Uh, and we basically, you know, were able to start negotiating with the seller, which is, uh, which is Gojek or GoTo Group at this point. Uh, and then over the course of, you know, the next, you know, six months almost, uh, we're able to basically get uh, get a deal done. Uh, and then we're also able to get uh, regulatory approval uh, for the transaction. Uh, and then, you know, uh, last week, uh, we basically uh, officially announced uh, sort of uh, the uh, the completion of the transaction uh and then also uh myself uh in my sort of uh in my in a man- in the management capacity joining coins as uh as a new chief executive officer wow yeah. congrats what a story told i love that in three minutes the whole story is over there i don't know if i still have to do a podcast over here it's one of those things that sounds easy obviously right but obviously there are other i think there are a lot of other people that were looking at the yeah. business because um, I think, because I think, because I think, for for us, you know, even sort of um, for me initially, um, I, I kind of saw the potential, uh, not just I think in the uh, in in the coins uh, business. I think the business potential had always been there from day one, right? I think uh, even when Gojek sort of originally purchased it, they saw potential in the business, not just sort of in coins, but also I think in the larger Filipino market. 
I think outside of that, outside of that, we saw like, you know, over the last couple of years, we saw the fintech industry uh, as well. Sort of like what I call, like, I I don't, I kind of want to just don't want to call it just crypto, but sort of like the overall digital asset industry in Philippines sort of like growing, you know, you know, like massively. So, uh, and, and, and part of that, I think uh, has to do, I think with um, sort of kind of like uh, the, 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 not just, I think not, not just in terms of sort of the, the general uh, acceptance of, um, of, of of fintech companies or the usage of fintech uh, services uh, or sort of like, you know, people's uh, sort of general global adoption of crypto and then the global sort of, you know, um, uh, what I call the global ownership of digital assets. Um, but I do think mm-hmm. that, you know, Philippines has been sort of like kind of like almost like a uh, like a leader in terms of the adoption of, 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 uh, of crypto. Right. So um, so I think um, in, in a way, when we're looking at coins, we're like, well, it's it's services offerings have kind of been under underselling, right, under delivering. Um, because from a licensing perspective, it's got one of sort of like what I call like the trifecta of like, you know, licenses that you need to carry on a uh, digital asset business, both in terms of, you know, helping people to invest and own digital assets, but also help people to sort of spend that, you know, because I think one of the trends, mm-hmm. bigger trends that I kind of see is that people are spending more time doing stuff like this, right? Talking, uh, living, uh, earning uh, in the digital world, like because people are having incomes, right? You know, at the creator economy are allowing people to basically earn money from the comfort of their home, right? And then before, maybe they were earning money through you know youtube or facebook or instagram and uh in e-commerce but i think now with digital assets and crypto now they can earn money in uh or they can earn you know things of value in nfts right in bitcoin and in us dollar in usdc and slp right and many many other opportunities they see down the road so so sort of like well if people are earning online um then you know their financial services kind of have to follow that as well so that's why we're thinking that you know for coins well, first, to conduct a business, we need licenses, right? Coins have both sort of like an e-money license, a crypto uh, exchange license, and a remittance license, right? So it's got kind of what I call the trifecta licenses of how to conducting, you know, a finan- like um, a modern digital asset driven kind of uh, a financial service. So if you can earn in the digital world, right, once you earn that asset in the form of a, you know, NFT or, or digital or other type or whatever crypto you have, then you can actually, you know, trade it or you can, you know, um, earn a, you know, earn savings rates on it, or you can just spend it. Right. I think, so I think, I think, I think that's sort of like, almost like, I think that's the transformational thing that at least that I've seen sort of, and, and, uh, it taking place um, where it used to be that you need to make money in the real world and then you go spend that in the digital world, right? But I think like what we're seeing on a global basis, that trend is, 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 is breaking, right? Or that trend is sort of like shifting. And then I think Philippines has been sort of like one of the leading countries of, of, uh, of that, um, especially I think with um, more and more people sort of, you know, playing games to earn, to earn. Right. And I think down the road, there's more things you can do. I think other than just sort of playing games, you can uh, build things. Perhaps you can uh, you can. Uh, I think entertainment is, is another spec, uh, specter. I think that's really, really interesting. And I think just, you know, um, these these more and more sort of ways that people can live and uh, and, uh, and earn, uh, you know, in the digital world. I think that 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 bodes quite well, I think, for a new type of uh, financial service or new type of, um, of, of, um, you know, a new coins perhaps that we can sort of step in and help <laughs> people to achieve that. Right. So, yeah. yeah so, so I think that, like big picture wise, that's like, that's the potential that, that we see. Right. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, and, and I like what you're saying because there, there are certain things that you're saying that the Philippines is sort of like leading the way, uh, especially when it comes to certain licenses or the adoption of crypto. And I, I want to unpack a bit more about that later on. Mm-hmm. But what I'm a bit interested in is the journey of you being somebody in the finance world. I mean, you worked for Goldman Sachs for many, many years in Hong Kong. Yeah. And even some finance people aren't convinced about doing uh, crypto. I mean, it's not, it's, it's for them, it, it, it just doesn't seem to be, you know, that's not the direction to go. But what was, what made you from, you know, from, from your own background from finance, mm-hmm. say, this is something that I, I'm willing to put all, all my chips into. I'm going to go, I'm going to go into crypto. What, what did, how did you, how did you appreciate that one? And how, how can we share the sort of like appreciation to the yeah. people listening to us right now? I, I think for me, it's like, maybe it's because like my dad, right? He's like, or cause he's like an entrepreneur, right? He like runs his own, like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, medical practice in Tennessee right now. But like for me personally, at least like, I think I've always had this like entrepreneur risk taking kind of like a, part of me. And then, um, although I was, even, you know, I, even when I was working at Goldman, I chose to work, I think in the Hong Kong office rather than sort of like the New York, New York office where most, a lot of my, you know, uh, like classmates and colleagues kind of start their career. But for me, I like, you know, I went to Hong Kong, right. Even when I was in Hong Kong, when I left Goldman, I went to work at a startup in Beijing. Right. It was, uh, it was now today is like one of the largest job search uh, boards, uh, in, in China, uh, even, even then. So I think, so for me, at least, you know, I had always been kind of like, um, not, not really like part of the establishment I had always kind of had this, like, um, I would say, uh, I've been more risk averse, I think, and in, in, even in my, the approach that I have to sort of my own career. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and I think a lot of the early people who went into crypto are kind of have that. And that's why I kind of like, you know, um, and when I joined uh, a lot of people that I talked to, um, even the colleagues that I currently have at coins or the co- and the colleagues that I've sort of brought on, we're all kind of have that kind of like that attitude. And I think it's that sort of like, um, I think it's that mentality that, that sort of have gotten, you know, the crypto crowd to build. Right. But I think over the last, you know, you know, a couple of years, right. Cause I think we're sort of far beyond the early kind of like anarchist days of, you know, Bitcoin and, and all that other stuff. I think, I think right now, um, uh, you know, a lot of the traditional, you know, financial institutions, like including my old shop Goldman are looking at crypto as a, uh, you know, investable assets as an, um, uh, what's the word as an asset class, right. That they will be recommending mm-hmm. their clients to allocate, you know, a, po- a portion of their, you know, portfolio to now. Right. And I think that's where, you know, you know, crypto has definitely gone uh, mainstream. Um, but I do think, you know, uh, as a, as a quote unquote asset class, right. Compared to, you know, like commodities or stocks or bonds, right. Or real estate, I think it's still a relative, you know, like a relative small blip in the map almost. Right. And I think this, this entire asset class will grow. That's why I like kind of call it sort of like, not just crypto. I kind of call it just sort of digital assets, right. It's basically things that you can actually own in the digital form. 
<laughs> like whether it's currency, right. Whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's digital real estate, right. Whether it's a digital picture, <laughs> you know, it's things that, 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 that you and I can actually own right here's a, on a ledger like this, that records our ownership. Right. And then, uh, and then we can actually transfer with each other without sort of anybody else really saying, you know, you can do this, we cannot do this. Right. And then there's a dollar value that you and I can transfer and I can, can sort of, you know, uh, agree upon right during that transfer. And I think that's what's so, you know, revolutionary about this technology is that, you know, you can own something that you couldn't own before, and then you can sort of transfer it to anybody in the world, uh, that you couldn't really, you know, didn't really that like, you know, on an agreed, on a, on a, on an agreed value. Uh, that you couldn't really do before. Uh, and I think that's where sort of what I call the proliferation of commerce uh, or a proliferation of a new type of commerce is going to start. Uh, and this is where I think, you know, like going back to Philippines, like we're actually seeing that, I think, uh, on a micro basis, right? Versus vis-a-vis -vis sort of the, you know, macro basis where, you know, you know, like a small NFT uh, in a game, people are, can own, right? And then once they own that, they can use it uh, in a new metaverse or world, right? And play it and earn some money and earn a token that they, they can sell for money that they can then use to pay for their food, pay for their, you know, like cars or pay for their whatever, right? Like these new type of thing didn't exist before. Right. And then I, I, like, you know, because before people were saying, oh, there's there's no there's nothing there. Right. There's like there's no physical asset or there's no, you know, there's nothing mm -hmm. that, that hold that that gives a value. Well, if this thing can help you make money, it has value. Right. Like what is that value? Right. That's where the market will decide. Right. And then is that value sustainable? Right. Then that's depend on sort of the community that 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 and, and sort of the maybe the, the owners of the metaverse or the 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 the, um, the, the, the DAOs that run these organizations, you know, that's up for them to decide. Right. But at least, you know, uh, like, like one thing that I like, really like to focus on is like at least there's like a proof of uh, concept that this <laughs> this new asset has, quote unquote, earnings potential uh, and therefore has, you know, real value. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, all the other characteristics, I think, um, of crypto and of digital asset, I think will eventually, you know, I think more, uh, oh, what's the word, um, by having that, by having this sort of possibility, you're seeing more entrepreneurs, uh, you're seeing more, uh, more, um, just normal people, uh, you know, coming into it. And I think that, that, that's gonna, that, like, I think the trend is just, um, uh, just getting started. And, and this is interesting that, um, you found, uh, you found out about coins.ph, I guess a couple of years ago when you're still working for Binance and, and just for the people who don't understand, uh, what Binance is, do, do you mind, uh, elaborating a bit more on what Binance does? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so Binance was, uh, is, is today. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's founded only in 2017. So today it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's coming on, it's sort of, you know, five year anniversary. That's only, was it 20, 2017? Yeah. Five, 2022. So five years. Right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty amazing organization in that, uh, during this sort of this, you know, short, uh, five year, you know, uh, our foundation has grown basically to be the, uh, probably the biggest, you know, um, crypto company in the world. Uh, it's, it, it's a, it's an exchange. Uh, it is also sort of, uh, what I call like an asset management platform. People can, you know, move their crypto uh, into Binance to trade it, uh, to earn yield on it. Uh, and also, uh, to basically, you know, transfer it and send it to people. 
right? And then it's got users in 100 plus countries. Uh, and, uh, and so when I was at Binance, I was uh, primarily focused, like I mentioned before, focused on uh, uh, investing uh, and also growing. It's sort of like, you know, a global, a global business, sort of expanding globally, uh, you know, both through, through acquisition and through sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, organic uh, building things from scratch. So, 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 so I ran that. And, uh, and during that time period, I pretty much looked at, uh, you know, crypto businesses in every country, uh, uh, starting from the Northern Hemisphere and countries like Japan, Korea, uh, Europe, uh, all the way sort of, you know, going down the equator, down to sort of Philippines, into India, Indonesia, Latin America, even Africa, so, and Australia. So I looked at pretty much, so I kind of have like, in you know a mental rolodex <laughs> of all the of all, of all the major crypto players in the world uh and I, I mean, yeah. it, the boomers boomer, boomers understand rolodex uh <laughs> i'm wondering if the gen z's and millennials are somewhat uh, rolodex a contact list a contact, so list, like, contact he, list he's got a contact list he's got a contact list in his head of all the different exchanges around the world. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. So sort of like, and coins was uh, uh, kind of like on the radar pretty early um, in like 20, 20, late 2018, early 2019 of one of these, uh, of one of these sort of like, you know, what I call single country players that had a large user base. And I think um, from looking at it, like, you know, today, because because I'm, I'm here to talk about coins, you know, it, it's, it's got um, and, and sort of its potential, I think, uh, not just in the Philippines, um, but also, I think, in Southeast Asia as a whole. Um, I, I think one, one, of, one of the one of the challenges that sort of finance faced and then also sort of, I think, the crypto industry as a whole um, is licensing and regulation. Right. Because I think as, as a crypto business over the last you know five years, I think it has moved, I think, from, you know, this dark corner now to sort of, you know, to somewhere where, you know, every, every spotlight is being shot, is being shown on it. Right. Like, um, you know, from different, from all, from all aspects, from a te- technology angle, from a financial regulation angle, I think from a sort of a gaming angle, from entertainment angle, from, you know, every, every sort of specter. Um, I, I don't think there's an industry that, that, that sort of crypto hasn't really touched. So it's so all the spotlights on it. And then one of the first questions um, as a business, right, um, as, as, as a company, you know, as a, as a project, even, you know, whatever you want to call it is, you know, um, do you have a license to carry on your business? Right. And I think that's something that, uh, that, that coins, uh, and Southeast Asia, I think in general is, is actually been, a, a, a pioneer at, right. I mean, that credit goes to sort of the original founding team at coins um, behind Ron is that they were one of the first ones, I think, to get a license, uh, back then it's called a VCE virtual currency exchange license. Now it's called a VASP virtual asset service provider license. Uh, uh, that, the, that's a license regime, uh, that the, uh, central bank of the Philippines BSP has, has adopted. Right. And then, uh, and, and I think as a, as a crypto business, um, or as any business in general, right. You want two things out of your, out of, you know, regulation and laws, uh, is that one is you want, uh, clarity, right? There is a black and white paper that describes what you need, right. To do, to carry on or conduct this business. Right. And so you need, you need clarity, right. Or transparency. And the other one you need is certainty. Right. I'm going to make sure like this piece of paper that says I need to do this, this, and this, right. Or I have the license to do this is going to be effective for the next five years as I hire people, right. Pay taxes and spend money on, uh, on, on to follow the rules. Right. And I think, and I think that's where, you know, Philippines has actually been quite progressive in that, in that sort of BSP sort of regulation on crypto has been very consistent and very clear. Uh, I think for the last like five or six years. 
and uh, and, and kind of the same is true now. That at least I've seen in in, in Southeast Asia, in Thailand, and uh, and Singapore is sort of coming around, in Indonesia now, uh, in Malaysia. Right. And then if you sort of move further down south, our neighbors in Australia is kind of the same way. So sort of like uh, uh, it's sort of like this. And then you sort of have this region of, you know, 400, 500 million people, um, you know, and, and a significant part of them are young, are, 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 are mobile friendly. Right. And are, are and very digitally savvy. Um, that's why sort of this general Southeast Asia, you know, marketplace is extremely interesting. Uh, and uh, and uh, and because the, the laws are one is they're clear. And they've been in existence for quite a bit of time and have players locally that have sort of been conducting businesses under this sort of regulatory framework uh, and uh, and are actually, you know, have a have a positive relationship uh, vis-a-vis some of the other regions. Right. Like um, and, and, and I think, you know, in generally, like I think the U.S. at least is still sort of leading the world on sort of, you know, technology. And I think they're also the Biden administration, I think, last month with their sort of, you know, executive directive on crypto sort of like, Hey, this thing is here to stay. Uh, all, all of these alphabet agencies, right. What, you know, go and learn about it and then, uh, have a consistent, have some consistent policies, uh, to, that, that such that the U S will stay sort of like a global leader in this new technology. And I think that that's, that's what we have seen sort of, you know, in Southeast Asia for some time. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, um, the amount of activity, especially, I think not, not just sort of at the exchange level, right. Not at the coins level. I think coins, like as I remember, Shraf, probably have underserved, um, our users, um, by a far margin, right. Like I think, I think, I think in terms of having, you know, um, listing, listing coins in terms of having cheap fees, right. And really having more, uh, easily accessible platform. Right. In terms of having, you know, more service, you know, getting back to our users faster, uh, you know, letting, you know, having better sort of, you know, user onboarding experience, faster user onboarding experience. Like all, I think all of these things we hope to improve uh, and then we want to be the best at it. Uh, and, and we want to take this brand, I think, you know, beyond Philippines. Right? I think I've talked about that, you know, um, on other platforms because I think the potential is there. Right. Because I think, you know, with Philippines has been sort of like the leading adopting country. Right. Uh, and then with our users has been probably, you know, some of the most more sophisticated users. Uh, and then mm-hmm. basically take that platform and then hopefully, you know, replicate that in other regions. So sort of that, that's sort of the general, you know, um, thoughts um, that we've had um, for the platform. So, so when I, when, when people come to me and be like, Oh, coins, I used it. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate your feedback. Uh, you know, come like, you know, give us a chance to give us, give us, a, give us a little bit of time, maybe not a month, maybe a couple of months, a couple of weeks, like, give us a little bit of time to make our platform better. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, and then we'll continue to iterate and improve, right? Well, you know, if you, if we don't have your favorite tokens or we don't have your favorite NFTs, like give us a little bit of time, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let, we'll let, we'll, we'll let you have that. Right. So, yeah. 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 Actually, as I'm looking at the, the comment box, there are people actually asking those, those exactly those type of questions that you've been bringing up, uh, over here. I, and I just want to go back a bit more. I mean, you talked about the Philippines. I understand that, you know, unlike many other businesses or other startups, they usually use the Philippines as sort of like their springboard. Uh, as a place to, to test their their apps, or at least a springboard to start off, because of the English language uh, use over here, it can it can easily you expand to other countries. But I wanted to ask, you know, you had the choice of doing, um, uh, you know, in Binance, you saw different currency exchanges. Mm-hmm. What what Coins was been doing, uh, and you chose to do business here in in the Philippines. And for me, that's a, I mean, you chose to choose the Philippines mm-hmm. over other countries mm-hmm. where you could have done something similar. Uh, I know that you said, of course, because of the trifecta of licenses, the licenses were there, the regulation was there. So it was a good 
option for you to choose the Philippines as a result of that one. But what were the other things also that you were looking at saying that, you know, the Philippines is, is a good choice. I, and, I, and I bring this out because many Filipinos, sometimes they're a bit jaded. When they look at the Philippines, they go, you know, I, I need to migrate abroad because opportunities are present over there. But we've got huh? people like you wait, coming to the Philippines saying, hey, guys, there's a lot happening here in your country. Can you help us see what we don't see sometimes or help us see through fresher eyes what is the opportunity that you're seeing in the Philippines? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start at like kind of because I'm a very like macro thinker in terms of like, like whenever you look at sort of like a country or a region, you always look at sort of like, you know, demographics and I think demographics like the last, you know, 20, 30 plus years, the growth we've seen in India and in, uh, in China have all been driven by demographics. I think, you know, and I think Philippines has like demographics is in its favor. I think like more than half the people uh, in the Philippines, the half of the population are under age of 30, right? And then like, you know, like 70, 80% sort of mobile penetration, but only like 30 or 40% sort of like banking penetration, right? So all of these kind of like underlying stats uh, says that we basically have a very like, you know, like mobile digital savvy uh, uh, population who are also young and have been, you know, to a certain extent, you know, I'm not like underserved by the traditional, you know, financial system. Right. And, and I think that's, this is where sort of like, you know, the opportunity is there. Right. And, 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 and kind of like, and another thing that I kind of joke around with a lot of people on is like Philippines is an early adopter of technology. Like, like I'm old enough to remember sort of like the MySpace days or sort of the pre-Facebook days, like, you know, like 20, 30% of the population <laughs> that were on MySpace came from Philippines, right? And then even nowadays, like if you look at social media, like Instagram, Facebook, you know, WhatsApp, you know, Philippines, like one of the sort of the more, you know, like it, 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 it contributes above its weight uh, from sort of like a user perspective, right? And also sort of like another thing that's kind of really interesting is why I think Philippines could be like a, like a, like a springboard in terms of providing like a global service platform, right? Especially in terms of digital assets is it's English. Like it's got one of the best, you know, like it's, it's you know, people speak pretty good English there, right? It's got a, it's, it has had a pretty good uh, track record uh, in terms of sort of like, you know, the the call center outsourcing, compliance outsourcing. So sort of like from these areas, like, you know, the, the population of the Philippines, you know, generally speak pretty good English. And I think English is sort of the main language or the, the language of sort of the, the digital asset population globally, right? So that's why I'm thinking like, you know, from Philippines, like, you know, we can provide a service and we have a really a vibrant market domestically. Uh, but if we do want to sort of pivot our services and expand our services into other countries, I think we actually have a very good, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, um, I would say, I wouldn't call it like employee base, but like sort of like, um, I would say just because I like, you know, um, like a, a pool of talent, I think that we can tap into uh, if we do want to sort of expand our service globally as well. And 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 and, and I don't know if people sort of have, have known this, but, you know, there is also sort of this like giant diaspora of uh, Filipinos like globally. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of the, it's like the fourth biggest like remittance intake in countries in the world, right? And then, you know, that, that population is extremely mobile, right? And they're, uh, and they're very sort of, you know, uh, um, I think, um, what's, the, what's the word? Um, you know, um, like income generating right and i think that and and then they all have to kind of have like you know relatively pretty close relatives you know back home as well so i think so i think and then like that whole audience are all connected right they're all connected information wise like communication channel wise but i do think that you know if we can sort of figure out a sort of an, you know underlying crypto services or that that can connect them that can connect help to connect the families financially and to sort of Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a very valuable sort of, you know, uh, that could be a very valuable service as well. So that's why I think, like, I think, I think there's a tremendous amount of like business opportunities 
um, that I think crypto has good, is going to enable. Uh, and uh, and I think you know we would love to sort of you know um, develop these. Um, I think with um, uh, within the Philippines and then roll that out uh, on a global basis. And, and before we talk a bit more about about uh, more about coins and, and the, the, the re, I guess the revitalized plans about coins because I'm seeing all the comments coming in from the comment box right now asking when are you going to carry this? When are you going to carry this on coins.ph? And I'm sure you can answer those questions later on, Way. What's really interesting for me really is that you worked with Grindr for a bit and yeah. you got actually the acquisition of Grindr. Tell me a bit more about that. That must have been an interesting experience for you. How, how did you end up working with Grinder and eventually uh, getting it acquired? Yeah, so um, so I, I was CFO. So I've been CFO at three different sort of internet companies uh, based out of based out of China, right? All in Beijing. And uh, as I mentioned previously, like for Zhao Ping was the first startup that I joined as CFO, and then later in the digital advertising, and then also later in mobile gaming. And then um, you know, uh, I had a friend who was working uh in in the investment banking industry. And then they had that their 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 bank uh, had been uh, hired by the founders of Grinder to basically sell their business, uh, and uh, and and basically I saw this opportunity uh, from where I was, uh, and then I basically again sort of like uh, I was kind of like a free agent at that time. I basically you know uh, saw this. Uh, saw Grinder less as sort of like uh, I, w- I would say like a culture cultural signature, but more as like sort of like a financial uh, uh, business that that made a lot of sense and then wasn't being valued appropriately because of its cultural significance or you know other side like like um, you know uh, or, or distaste that I think a lot of sort of the, the traditional financial world kind of like didn't really look to it because it was a gay dating app. Right. So, but I was, I was like, this is a great business. And then, um, it's, it's, it's got a great mission. Right. And then, uh, also it's, uh, it's a cultural icon right? within the gay world, like within the LGBTQ world. Uh, it's based. Uh, so, so basically, you know, as again, I raised capital with, uh, from a mobile gaming company, uh, and, uh, in 2016, we basically purchased it. And then ultimately we ended up owning a hundred percent of Grindr. Uh, and then I physically moved to, uh, to Los Angeles and, uh, and I basically ran that business for about two and a half years. Uh, and, uh, and basically, wow. you know, after the founders sold it, uh, we basically brought in a, a management team, uh, or a hired up a management team, you know, both, uh, in LA and also brought in a sort of, a I would say a more uh, tech savvy uh, uh, C- C- uh, CTO uh, from Facebook, uh, and then uh, and then uh, and then we basically sort of um, turned that business uh, and, and sold it a couple years later. Um, so 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 that was kind of like uh, it's it kind of like um, uh, for me at least, you know, it was uh, it was my first time sort of like working and then managing people in the U.S. and then uh, and then we you know we 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 occupy like you know the heart of West Hollywood. <laughs> so and then for me. <laughs> For me, at least, you know, like uh, I went to some really amazing parties. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a nice thing to read on the resume in the end. Like that, that one kind of stands out for me. But yeah. as, as, as I was reading it, yeah. and then so so now uh, moving forward uh, with coins.ph, I often tell people here, what's your elevator pitch, or wh- how how would I laymanize that explanation to people right now? Now that you've bought into it, you saw the potential of it. How do I explain now what? What we what will you do now with coins.ph? How do you want to defi- define coins.ph moving forward? What is its new, I guess, elevator pitch? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think initially, like, and, and like we've we've thought about, like, I think we're still coming up with our new motto, right? I, I think, I think, I think, um, you know, a couple. Of, the previous one is basically like, you know, like uh, it's a bank, it's a it's a bank in your wallet, right? Or uh, it's it's a wallet on your phone, right? It's like I think these are, but I think a lot of newer, uh, a lot of companies sort of adopted that motto, right? I think for me, it's basically uh, right. it's an app that enables you to uh, uh, earn in the digital world. Uh, I, I think that that's sort of the the, the key focus because I think because I think one of the the, the trends that, that I think that you and I kind of like you know I, I, I talked about a little bit before the show and then uh, I sort of like you know some of these sort of like mental models that have been kind of forming over the last couple of um you know over the last couple of um, months not years but um, is basically um like especially I think with sort of the post COVID and you know, people working remote living remote um, you could pretty much start your own business anywhere right as long as you have this screen in front of you right and you have this phone in front of you and you're connected right like there's a lot of things that you can do uh, to basically earn a living now like you're not really limited uh, by sort of where you are physical by your physical location right and I think uh, you know the financial service world I don't think has really followed right suit Right. So, so basically anything, I think that speaks sort of like to the success of finance, right? Like it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an account, you can basically trade and earn and spend. Right. But for coins, uh, and I think for sort of, you know, the, 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 like for the rest of the world, right. I think that's still like that description that I had, I think it still applies to a smaller percentage of the population. Right. But for most of the world, we kind of still live uh, with our roots planted, Right, we spend fiat, we earn fiat, <laughs> right, and, uh, and and we buy physical goods, right, and and and, and 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 I think, and I think, well, how do you pair the two worlds together, right, and and and, and I think, uh, and I think this is where sort of like coins is uh, sort of value proposition comes in, right. We allow you to sort of like live in both worlds, right, live and live and earn in both worlds. Right. You can basically, you know, have an avatar right? and, uh, and, and, and you can basically, you know, make, you know, you earn a hundred gold coins a day. Right. And then that coin is going to help you to convert that gold coin back into, you know, buying, you know, uh, you know, Coca-Cola and McDonald's. Right. Like it's sort of like it's that <laughs> it's that fluid nature of how value money moves. Right. <laughs> right. And, 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 and just sort of like, you know, because for, for at least for people like me, it's like it's kind of seamless. Right. In terms of like, you know, what your wallet balance is versus what your bank balance is, because at the end of the day, it's just a number. Right? As long as that number is going that way, like you're doing great. Right. And then and then and then and then whether that that number is represented by, you know, physical goods or that's represented by, a, 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 you know, the balance of your bank account or that's represented by the value of your NFT portfolio or that's represented by, you know, how many Bitcoins or, or Ethereum's or, you know, or whatever other coins you have have. I mean, at the end of the day, that's your net. That's your assets. Right. We, we, we want to basically help you to manage all of that. Right. With it, with within your app. Right. And and at the end of the day, you know, you can use it or right? you can use it. You can buy things with it. Right. I think at the end of the day, you know, why do you work so hard so that you can make you can you can you can live a pretty good life. Right. And I think it's just that like with digital assets, there's a lot more opportunities uh, uh, in terms of earning now. And, and I think that that's sort of like the underlying. If you ask me sort of what's like a short pitch, um, we allow you to sort of, you know, live in both digital world and the physical world. Right. Make, make living and earning uh, in these worlds, you know, uh, as seamless as possible. Right. I think, I think I'll leave it to my marketing team to basically come up with a better pitch. But at least for me right now, that's, that's, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, at least for me right now, I think, the, the, you know, we'll have a better logo for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like that. the idea that basically, I mean, as far as how I would pick it up, is you're saying that it's going to be easy for you transferring your digital to physical asset and physical to digital assets. You're going to make it as seamless as possible, removing all the friction involved over there. 
So if I was to play an NFT play to earn game or or I have an NFT token which I want to use to pay for some pay for a bill, I can make it easy on coins.ph. I mean, is that is that how I would think about that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, that's, and, why, and, that's why when I looked at coins, I think it's sort of like, you know, people are kind of doing that anyways, right? Except they have to go mm-hmm. through like, you know, you have to like send, scan, send, confirm. You have to do like, you basically you have to do it like six or seven times, right? Before sort of like the other side says, okay, I got it. Right. And then, um, but I think, you know, if, if they're all coins users, then basically, you know, I can send my thing of value, right. Whether it's an NFT or a token or a dollar or a pesos, right. Whatever that is that, you know, it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the, the, like we want to make that as seamless as possible. And by the way, if you want to trade it, if you want to trade something, if you want to invest in something, we'll have that sort of like option for you, uh, uh available for you as well. Right. So I think, I think it's something like that. Yeah. And uh, aside from that one, um, I, I know that you were talking about, you know, why you like the Philippines, because basically over here, it's, it's, a, it's a lot about, um, financial inclusion, if you think about it. I mean, many of the people uh, who are, who, who, who've taken to, to crypto are the people who do um, play-to-earn games. Uh, like I, I had the Axie, I got the Axie representative over here in the show talking about, you know, how, how people have left their jobs just to do, you know, uh, you know, fishermen or, or people who, you know, a lot of the blue-collar or, you know, day-to-day workers doing now Axie to, to make a living. Um, how, do you plan to, how, how do you plan to make coins? I understand that you want to make coins.ph not just about financial inclusion, but also financial empowerment. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I think like um, play to earn or play to earn or like, you know, I think down the road, you're going to have like, you know, right now you have this, uh, this new, new game that is called like, uh, like run to earn. Like, I think you're going to have a lot of sort of like blank to earn. I think the kind of kind of things going forward, or as long as, you know, you're willing to put either part with your sort of, you know, personal data a little bit, or you're willing to put in the time. I, I think, I think Axie is just sort of like a, a, a giant proof of concept for, uh, you know, couple of million people to be able to, you know, use NFTs, you know, whether you have a full-time job right now, or you have a part-time job or you don't have a job. Um, I, I think there are opportunities, um, uh, within your control, either, you know, in front of your phone that you didn't really have before. Right. And, and, and I think, and I think, um, that that's kind of like the bigger thing that I see. Right. I think in the Philippines, um, what's really unique, um, and, and, and I'll come back, I'll come back, I, I won't, you know, like this actually kind of like, you know, phenomenon, why is it big in the Philippines? Um, and not the United States per se, right. Is, um, is GDP per capita, right? Like at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a dollar and cents kind of a question, right? $300 a month or $500 a month, um, you know, is not, sustainable uh, uh, for you to make a living, I think, in the U.S., right? Or, or, or even in Japan or in uh, in Australia and sort of the more advanced countries, quote unquote, right? Whereas like, sort of, I think in the poorer countries, like $300 a day, $500 a day, uh, $300 a month, $500 a month is a substantial amount of money that puts you above the poverty line, right? That, that allows you to put food on the table. So as I think, um, so, I th- so I think it's, it's, that's why I think, you know, uh, in the Philippines, it has become um, a, a more... Um, uh, more readily uh, accepted, right? That because that that type of earning potential is interesting, right? It's financially interesting, right? Kind of like you know makes you think about maybe I can quit my you know day to day job for this, right? If this is if it's sustainable, right? And the other one is kind of interesting is that for Axie uh, and for sort of crypto in general, most of the publications uh, in crypto, like because you have to learn about it. 
right? Like it's, it's in English, right? And as I mentioned before, Philippines, English is very good <laughs> vis-a-vis sort of the others. Like, you're like, why is actually big in the Philippines vis-a-vis say Indonesia or, or, or Vietnam or maybe Thailand or maybe even like, you know, like some of the, maybe even the poorer countries in Latin America or in Africa, right? It's language. Right? And, 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 and um, there are, have been, I would say sort of like, you know, a pretty active, you know, gaming crowd in the Philippines as well. Right uh, with esport, uh, esport, right? Those like e-gaming, like so. So sort of like a, 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 it's like this Venn diagram of like you know language, this Venn diagram of crypto savviness, this Venn diagram of gaming, and this Venn diagram of like you know like dollars, you know GDP per capita, like all kind of like put Philippines sort of in the like at the middle of that Venn diagram, right? I think that's why that's why sort of at least for Axie that game, uh, they've been really successful in the Philippines, and uh, and 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 now you basically have leaders uh, in the Philippines, of uh, like the guys from YG. Uh, like the guys from you know um, uh, from Axie right from the, from some of the other they're taking that business model and then basically are taking that you know uh, and taking that global and I think that's really amazing and, and let's talk a bit more about and I guess it got, it's to the point of many people coming online saying why, why aren't you doing this in coins why, why why isn't this currency up in coins uh, what are the what are you what are you doing also right now I guess further improve. Uh, I guess the, the main with people know you for is the crypto services that you're offering here right now. I said, give you a bit of time. I know you, you've just invested into it. I'm, I'm sure you're making some changes. Tell us a bit more about what they can expect in terms of crypto services being offered on, on, uh, on coins. Yeah, we're, uh, so so we're doing two things. One is uh, first, we're hiring new people. I think I think that's the most important thing. I think we're we're, we're bringing, we're basically you know bringing uh, more. Uh, uh, I think we're going to make some announcements on the senior hire level, right? There may be some ex colleagues of mine uh, that that are joining, and then maybe new sort of you know uh, leaders within the industry that are joining, uh, and then maybe there are former people that used to work at Coins that are coming back. I think there's a bunch of different sort of paths in terms of us sort of bringing more crypto native people back into Coins. Uh, I think that's sort of number one. And, and in terms of adding coins, uh, part of that with just sort of, it's just technical and tech, tech it's infrastructure, right? And that takes, you know, takes some time, right? I think, I think the infrastructure for coins over the last few years haven't really changed much. It's still the same, uh, same infrastructure thing like that, that the startup, that the original founders sort of put in place. Uh, whereas the industry has changed a bit, right? The service providers have changed a lot. Uh, the tokens have changed a lot, right? All the way until last summer, coins had like, you know, just some of the original sort of, uh, you know, four or five tokens listed. I think oh, recently we've been adding more. I think we want to start to a point where we can add, you know, at least one or two tokens every week. So that's like, you know, four to eight tokens every month. And then we'll, we want to sort of get on that type of pace, right? And then to do that, you know, obviously we need to support more blockchains. You know, um, some of the, uh, in, in addition to sort of, you know, currently, you know, coins only uh, support the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, we would like, we will add support for Solana. We will add support for uh, for uh, for Polygon. We will add support for uh, for Avalanche and uh, and BSC. So, 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 so there's more, uh, more that as we add support, for more chains, uh, then that will allow us to list more tokens uh, that are uh, uh, that are issued uh, on that blockchain specifically. I think right now, uh, you know, we're limited to just being able to support tokens that are issued on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, but I think starting around, um, you know, May-ish, uh, we will have, you know, um, more blockchain supported. Great to hear. We have over here Gashum Bra- Bray saying, all we need is add more coins. <laughs> 
There you go. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're just picking from the conversation. Sure. And uh, like Chris Joy, Duran yeah. Salcedo saying, sir, please add uh, Shiba Inu and XEC or spell token uh, as well over here. Every, that, that, that's uh, one thing I learned. That's one thing I learned out of Ivan is everybody's got their own, uh, everybody's got their own back. They want, uh, they want, they, they want their uh, platform to support. So, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think, I think uh, that's definitely coming. We have even Sherwin Bunkalan saying lower fees and add BNB, BEP20, and TRX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, what did you say about the lower fee? Yeah. The, how about the lower fees? Or, yeah, I think I think uh, the fees, I think uh, right now, like uh, there's there's uh, blockchain fees, there's uh, trading fees, there's uh, sort of uh, even deposit and withdrawal fees. I think we're looking into all of them. Uh, I think if we can improve our, like we, but, but fundamentally, I want to improve sort of like our tech infrastructure first. Once we do that, uh, then we can have the scale. And then once the scale goes up, I think the fees will come down. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that also addresses the concern over here of Albert Bicoy. Uh, you can see that over here. Um, Mark, it's why did you increase the trading fees? Let's see if there are changes when market gets volatile. I hope the site will not experience network outage. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's that's something you'll be addressing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Then, yeah, like, you know, like, because people are, like, one of the things that, uh, that I talk about, it was like, oh, I talked about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market before that I haven't talked about is like when you're um when you're a financial service provider you have an obligation to basically state like crypto is a 24 7 uh uh you know it's a 24 7 traded asset right so as an exchange like you know our we we we, we have to keep running 24 7 like like I think I think that's something that uh we're highly cognizant of and then we'll uh you know we'll you know provide you know close to uh, as close to 100% uptime as possible great now, moving ahead, uh, this you know this podcast is a lot about entrepreneurship and even entrepreneurship when it comes to the crypto world. Or where can people still play? Uh, as, as you're seeing, you know, you have a unique perspective. Not only you're seeing the macro perspective of the Philippines, right, the uh, Filipino people, mm. but you're also seeing the crypto world that's being developed here in the Philippines and our Filipino diaspora. What opportunities do you see emerging? Business opportunities do you see emerging for for Filipinos both here and abroad when it comes to crypto and the crypto community and the crypto ecosystem that they can still participate in? I'll drop a little bit sort of like, um, I, I think w- one of the big things that, that I see at least is um, is actually owning digital assets, right? Uh, and, and NFT is just the beginning of that. And, and, and sort of like, I, I think one of the key things that, uh, that uh, you know, that I look at personally is that... Um, spend the time to read about things, right? I think there's, there's an amazing amount of public information that's available right now. Right. And, 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 uh, and, and 
there are people like if if there's someone that you kind of follow and respect as a business leader, whether it's in the Philippines, whether it's on a global basis, you know, these people generally put out pretty good content, right? Whether it's on Twitter uh, or, or it's on other types of social media like Medium uh, or, or, or anything like that. And I think we hope to sort of bring out some of that content um, through coins down the road as well. But at least sort of like I think that's a good place to start. Right. And I think and I think sort of like one of the things that we're going to do is like I think we announced that um, coins will be a sponsor of the Miss Universe uh, Philippines uh, uh, pageant uh, uh, at the end of the at the end of April. Uh, and then what we're going to do is uh, we're going to run. Uh, we're gonna run a what I call like a like a show like a show watching party plus after party uh, within this metaverse called decentral land right and and, and, and and I think that's something that's very unique that we want to bring as an experience I think for coins users and for fans of Miss Philippines universe uh, on a global basis right if you can't uh, like because because I think and that's the kind of like what I call like you know, like real world experience plus meta world uh, experience uh, that didn't really exist before. Right. And I think, and I think that's something that I really think is the next big thing is that uh, you can share as a community uh, in the meta world and then you can do things in there that you can really do in the in in, in in the real world right i think that'll expand just it's, it's kind of like the early days of like facebook groups or wechat groups or uh, or whatsapp groups as before it's basically just a bunch of profiles talking to each other sort of like in a uh, sort of in a, in a stream of conversation type of way i think with sort of the, the uh, upon the you know incoming arrival of sort of these different metaverses and different meta worlds i think we're going to have a different type of experience in terms of how we can interact with each other and then how sort of like these chat groups or uh, interest groups Groups can evolve, I think, into sort of like um, into these meta worlds. It's a great way to not just sort of, I would say, co- going to become like a great way for you to collaborate with them and build things together. Right. Cause like, cause my, my daughter is like uh, almost six right now. Right. Like she's already starting watching YouTube videos of mine, uh, of, uh, was it Minecraft or, and, uh, and Roblox, right. Like that, <laughs> that world, like she's already like, what, I mean, I'm, I'm getting her like 15 minutes a day of just wondering these various worlds and Roblox, right. Puppy world, horse world, whatever. Right. I think like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's very natural for her to have an avatar to wander around the world. Right. And I think, like for me, that was like, you know, the first video game, well, one of the first video games I played was like Legend of Zelda, right? Where I am a little avatar and I'm wandering around <laughs> yeah. worlds having adventures, right? Like, I mean, these kind of things are kind of inherent, right? And I think, and I think, and I think that that's kind of like what's being built right now, right? So hopefully, you know, with our sort of like, you know, uh, you know, Miss Philippines coins, Miss, 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 Miss Universe Philippines plus sort of like a Detroit decentralized experience, we hope we can actually bring in sort of like the, the fans of the pageant on a global basis uh, into the sort of like single place within Decentraland called the Vegas District that we're partnering with and to watch uh, and to watch uh, the show together at the Flamingo Theater <laughs> as your avatar. And then you guys, and you can have, you know, and I think you can, and then we'll have some, you know, some, you know, memorabilia that you can pick up on your way in and on your way out. Right. So, so I think it's, it's these kind of sort of like, you know, real virtual experience that we're going to try to build uh, and, uh, and help people to connect. So I think, I think at the end of the day, I think that's, that's sort of like um, the, uh, the type of community that's coming. And, uh, and within that community, I think there's going to be, you know, uh, 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 commercial opportunities. Right. So. Yeah. Very interesting. I've never thought you could put together. I mean, it, it, now it blows my mind, but it makes kind of a lot of great sense. Miss Universe and, and Coins.ph and, and, and the Metaverse all, all together. <laughs> Now, um, 
wait, wait, finally, I, you know, I wish we could talk a bit, a bit longer, uh, but as we start to wrap up over here, I mean, you've had a, you had a great experience. I mean, um, I, I like, I mean, your, your life as a whole, uh, as an immigrant coming in, live, uh, mm-hmm. Chinese immigrant living in the South, uh, after that, going, going, going to Harvard, uh, going back to Asia to work, and you've been to all these different companies, uh, and finally, you know, from finance to, to crypto, um, you've learned a lot, you've failed a lot, you've succeeded, um, you haven't succeeded. What are the life lessons you'd like to share with many of the entrepreneurs who are also, you know, they want to chart their own path here right now. What, what, what are the things you'd like to share with them right now to say, you know, let me help you a bit, get started and, and you know, get started on your own entrepreneurial journey. What are sort of like your three lessons that you'd like to share with people right now? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think one of the first things I said is like, um, it's never too late. I think that's like, it's like, you know, like, like, like if I were like, you know, uh, do I want to be like a, like a, like a, in my early twenties and then like sort of like, you know, spending 20, 24 hours a day collecting NFTs, I would love to do that. Right. I think like if I were in my early twenties and NFT was a thing, I would not be going <laughs> to banking, dude. Like, it's just, it's just something like, but it's, but the thing is, is it's never too late. I think, I think like, you know, like, um, I go back to the story of my dad, like my dad, like he didn't start like practicing medicine in the United States until he was like 45. Right. It's quite late. Like he did his wow. residency and everything. Right. But then now he runs his own clinic and he's like in his seventies. Right. Uh, and, and the, and the second one is like, uh, I've always had a good, like a pretty good group of people around me. Right. Whether, uh, uh, and, and they've sort of like, we've kind of like stayed in touch and done business, either done business together. And with that, Wade, thanks so much. Wade, just in case for the people listening to us here right now, um, we know, you know, coins.ph under leadership is going to be truly revolutionary. If they want to, for those who haven't gotten coins.ph just yet, where can they download? Where can they download coins? Yeah, just go to the App Store, whether uh, in the Google App Store or uh, or the uh, or the Apple App Store. Just search for coins, uh, C O I N S uh, dot ph or coins ph. It sh- it should show up right away. Okay, looking forward to, to seeing you face to face over here in the Philippines when you're back from your vacation there in Bali again. Thanks so much for joining us over here. We uh, looking forward to great things coming out of uh, coins.ph. Again, this is RJ Ledesmo. We will see you next Thursday for the next podcast. Again, thanks so much for your time, guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Thanks so much. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.